it's just easier to sort of just say, you know, there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. than going to the crux of the problem and fixing it. Because sometimes it's just easier to say, don't worry about it. You know, you're strong enough. You can handle it, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, you know, of course, I do believe that I'm strong enough, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same. You know, not everyone's built the same way. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Welcome, my dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Mizi Wahid podcast. And today, I have a very, very, very special guest. Um, she comes from Malaysia and she is someone that I've just gotten to know, but, you know, we've gotten really comfortable talking to each other, mostly on social media. Um, but, you know, she's very humble, warm, friendly, and uh, someone I dearly respect with regards to the work that she does, which is going to be something we're going to talk about today, inshallah. And she is none other than Yang Amat Mulia Tengku Putri Raja, Tengku Putri Iman Afzan As-Sultan Abdullah. Uh, welcome and thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for the kind introduction. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here today and thank you for inviting me to this session. Thank and you so much. So much. It's an honor to have you. Um, you know, I mean, how how have you been coping with the recent um, lockdowns and you know, COVID affected everyone basically. Um, how has it changed your lifestyle? Well, I mean, I think it's something that is so unprecedented to mm-hmm. the whole world, not only myself, but um, it's something that, of course, I would never have expected. Yeah. Bringing in the new year, 2020, you always look forward to, you know, having a better year than the last. <laughs> but I feel like this year has, you know, caught us all off guard. Indeed. And, you know, as someone who has anxiety, it wasn't great in mm-hmm. the beginning, especially when there was a full lockdown, which, mm. to be honest, I did not take this very seriously, this virus. I thought, not, you know, I didn't I think, think most of us, most of us yeah, reacted that way. Yeah. I mean, not that I, I, I sort of overlooked how dangerous it was. You know, mm. I was going to travel. I had already made traveling plans. But of course, not everything goes to plan, especially mm. this year. I feel like we all can can agree to that. So, yeah. yeah. So so many plans canceled, right? Yeah. Do you know that, you know, I was taking it. I mean, I, I knew it was going to get worse at some point. But in the initial month, I think, when news started to spread, I, I thought, okay, this is going to just pass over very quickly, you know. <laughs> I did not think anything of it. I have to say I was one of those that said, no, you know, don't worry. And even though my mom kept saying, no, Iman, it's going to get worse. I thought, no, just book the ticket and just fly. It'll be fine. When, yeah, when, was, but, when was your last uh, travel? Which month was it? Actually, I went to Phuket with my family, with my son and my husband. Which that, month was it? That was in February. February. My last trip was in March, you know. And and that was when Singapore was already in lockdown. So when I came back, I was completely told to stay in in the house. I was not allowed to go out, and one for two weeks. And then the day after, I was allowed to go out. The following day, Singapore said, "Everybody go back in your houses." Yeah, <laughs> so, I, was, I was meant to fly to Japan on mm. on the first of March. Mm. And my parents said, "No." Yeah, I had an event in Perth, so I brought the whole family along. We had a holiday there, a short holiday. Um, but then, you know, news started to get worse and worse. <laughs> we were so scared. So when we came back, you know, everybody just stayed home, alhamdulillah. But every, everything's good. I hope on your end, family's all good. 
Alhamdulillah, everyone's well. Thank you so much. All right. So, uh, my dear viewers, my dear listeners, today I have Tengku Putri Iman with me today. We are going to talk on the topic called Mental Illness Does Not Discriminate. Okay, and the idea behind this topic is really to create greater awareness mainly to help, a re- to help us realize that actually mental health is not always the most visible illness that is out there. Do you agree with me? Of course, I absolutely agree. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like when it's physical mm-hmm. and you have a stomach ache, you mm-hmm. know, it's so easy to just, you know. Yeah, you have a broken arm. It. You have and a broken arm, people can see. You have a bruise. Those, people can, yeah, yeah. it's visible, right? But when it's it's something internal, you don't realize. So it sort of prolongs and then, you know, it gets worse and worse if unaddressed, which mm. a lot of the time is left unaddressed because you don't know what's going on, maybe, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like a broken arm that you can, you know, what the solutions are. And yeah. this is very different. It's si- they think, call it the silent killer. Exactly. And I think for the longest time, a lot of people may have suffered. And we're talking about decades ago, even centuries ago. And there were no proper diagnosis to actually say that hey, this is your problem. And maybe this is a, the prescription for you or this is the advice for you maybe people were just lumped into one category like yeah. oh they're, they're just unwell there's something wrong with them um, was crazy which is yeah. what i don't like yeah unwell um, is something but crazy i mm-hmm. didn't did not yeah. like it. Yeah. and i think there are many other terms that sometimes in our malay language eh, people just throw around and it actually does more damage yeah. uh, to somebody who's already going through a lot yeah. Mm. So, Tengku Iman Afzan, if I can just ask you a little bit uh, about how you got involved in the space of mental health, because now, as I mentioned earlier, you are the international patron 2020 uh, for mental health. Congratulations. And I see you wearing that uh, nice little ribbon there, the green ribbon. You want to share a little bit about how you got started, perhaps? Um, yeah, of course. Um, mental health is actually something that when I first started, I did not even know it was called mental health. It's not something that I thought, okay, I want to go down that mental health path. No, nothing mm. like that. Mm. It was sort of, um, you know, something that sort of fell into place. You know, I, I, I read your book and you say things that fall into place. You can't plan. Mm, thank you so much. You know, that, that for, I think first chapter where you say the surrendering to Allah and mm. tawakul. Yes, tawakul. Yes, so... You know, it sort of it sort of fell that way. You know, mm. I I realized that a lot of things kept popping up. That you know, I don't know. It just it just sort of some a road that I I, I did not take, but I'm sort of taking. You know, yeah. I did not plan this. Mm. A lot, a lot of, of a lot of things happen that way in life. Actually, you don't really plan to go a certain yeah, path, and then yeah. Actually, I didn't even know about the term mental health. To be mm. honest, I mm. I started with um. Miasa, which is mm-hmm. mental illness awareness. Awareness, yeah. With uh, Pananita, who's great. We mm-hmm. we did a lot of work together. A lot of the reason why I'm a very big advocate of mental health is because I have my I suffer my from my own anxiety, mm-hmm. which also is something I didn't realize until much later. I will share with you, share that with you later. Sure. But also, mental health is something I feel like does not get the attention it deserves. Mm-hmm. It's most often overlooked. Mm-hmm. If you look at the statistics, and there's not enough statistics on it, mm-hmm. it is that um, it affects one in four people, and that's this is according to the WHO. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, you know, it's just something that I feel is so undermined, overlooked, mm-hmm. just shoved to the side. Um, so I just want to sort of make it part of the conversation, you know, and make it very, and just showcase the importance of it because I feel like not enough people do it. That's wonderful. I mean, you know, in the position that you're in um, and the influence that you have, you know, in the country, in social media, I think you're using your platform for a very good use. In Singapore, you know, our president is uh, Madam Halima Yaakob, if you know, and she is also strongly advocating this, you know, using her position there as well to do good in this area. You know, one in four is big, you know. So in, in every household, you can imagine there's at least somebody going through something like that. And, you know, what what we notice, Iman, and through my programs, um, I have people saying that, Stas, I, tell, I told my family that I have a problem, but then, then they just brushed it off. They say, I'm lazy. They say, I'm weak. They say, I'm not praying enough. They say things like that. And yeah, and I'm, I'm supposed to pretend like I'm, I'm the problem. There's something wrong with me. Uh, and I, I need to fix it myself. What's, what's your take on that? When, when people around you tend to just brush it off? Um, I think that it's just easier to sort of just say, you know, there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. than going to the crux of the problem and fixing it. Because sometimes it's just easier to say, and a lot of people have said, have said this to me, don't worry about it. You know, you're strong enough. You can handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, you know, of course I do believe that I'm strong enough, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm one of those that have anxiety. So it's mm-hmm. not the same, you know, not everyone's built the same way. Yeah. Just like your physical threshold. Mm-hmm. I always say some people can handle more pain than others. Yes. Some are more sensitive than others. So if you have a physical threshold, you, you know, people should understand that everyone has also a mental threshold. Some are more exactly. sensitive than others. Some some can handle that mean comment wh- mm-hmm. while others can't. You know, so I think what's important is that generally... I would just love to help educate society. Mm-hmm. I'm learning more myself about mental health every day. I read on it. I, you know, I, I learn a lot every day from mm. reading, you know. And there are two reasons why we should educate society. The first one is because the mental health spectrum is so wide and mm. there is such a lack of understanding about different types of mental health disorders such as schizophrenia, you yes. know, bipolar, bipolar disorder and the you know schools need to be more educated to be open about this and the workplace so there's less mm. stigma mm. The second reason people need to you know be educated on this is because a lot of people use this these mental health disorders as an excuse mm-hmm. to like not do not get by in life you know sometimes it's like using your anxiety as an excuse not to work but okay. I mean, that's you know, that should be the case. So mm-hmm. I think society needs to be more educated on these mental health disorders. And mm-hmm. I think that the narrative on mental health needs to be managed properly. So okay. yeah, I want to go into that. It's really away. powerful. I mean, just to go back with uh, one of the, I, I, I liked one of the an- analogies you gave. You said that about, what was it earlier? You said about threshold just now, the pain threshold. Yeah. So it's easy, you know, to to see someone going through a hard time and say, you know, you can do this, be strong, come on, get up, you can do this. But, you know, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't be happy if someone told me to get, to lift weights that are 300 kilograms and I won't be able to do it, right? Yeah, so we all have different uh, abilities. That's another good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. everyone can lift that weight. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not everyone can carry that burden as well as this person, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And uh, I agree with you that schools need to insert this inside their curriculum. Uh, even subtly, you could be studying English and this could be in it. You know, you could be studying Malay and this could be in it. Um, just talk about this and make it normal because we don't want anybody who is in school going through this feeling like an outcast, yeah. feeling like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And I still get, I don't know about you, but I still hear a lot of stories at workplaces where when a colleague is going through um, a mental health issue, the workplace does not support them to get better. Mm. Um, I feel like as someone who has been through it, especially in school, I mm. went through it. Actually, I only realized that I had bad anxiety because I know about it now. Mm. But looking back, I realized, oh my gosh, Iman, you were just anxious that time, but you didn't know. Mm. You know, like certain gatherings, I would just could not go to. I could not because I would get nervous, mm. start sweating. Mm. And I used to be like, what's wrong with you? You know, but now mm. looking back, I I said to myself, I wish I knew that I had this, mm. this because, you know, you always, I, I would always question myself, you know, like, what's wrong with me, you know, and people would also question me sometimes, say, mm. what's wrong with her, why is she so, that's why, that's why I find it so important that, and this is something I really want to do, which is to, to, to get mental health into the curriculum and to, you know, have a half an hour a week, at least for for teachers to check on the on the you know on their students, on their students yes. And let's talk about how everyone's feeling. You know, mm. make it normal thing to talk about how you're feeling. Mm. You know, which I felt we didn't have before. Yeah, my but, wife is. But, but in UK, sorry, excuse me, sorry. But in the UK, mm -hmm. it, there's more of that compared really? to Asia, I feel. Yeah, there's more of like we have a counselor, we had a guidance mm. counselor, mm. but we had a career counselor, which is good. Sorry, what were you saying about your wife? Oh no, my wife is a secondary school teacher and she she does talk to a lot of students because she is in the she hates the discipline unit. And so what this means is that she gets all the troubled um, students, mm -hmm. but when she sits down and talks to them, she hears a lot of stories that sometimes even you know pains her to listen. Um, stories of abandonment, stories of abuse, stories of being neglected by their parents because everybody's so busy and you know they get into trouble because of all of these things. And she realizes that there is a big role that counselors can play in schools. And so um, you know, we should definitely support any cause or any you know um, change in policy, I don't know, um, to have more counselors available in schools, easily accessible, not just for the career, like the one example, but even for other matters as well, right? Yeah, great. I feel like there should be more peer supported peer support groups, counselors. Mm. Um, I don't think we have enough of that. Mm. Um, I would love to be one myself. I really, you know, at some point, I would just love to just go to a school and speak to people. I don't know, you know. I hope you do that. I, I, you know, once COVID is over, that's yes. what I really want to do. At yes. least once a week, you know, just go mm. to a school and have them, you know, just tell people, you know, that it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like there's this stigma of having to be okay all the time. That's not yeah. true. We're that's, not very, that's not very realistic. Yeah, we're not perfect, you know. Yeah. One extreme 
other matter that I think it's good to just bring this up, uh, although we need to be very careful. But I, I do hear as well students who tend to be suicidal. And sometimes it could be purely academic, yeah. just stress of having to perform. And sometimes it could be, you know, um, bullying, yeah. okay, which which is very common uh, everywhere. And I, that's that to me is a bigger call for us to establish something where it's going to make students feel safe for them to be be able to talk about their feelings and talk about not feeling safe even yeah. uh, going to school. Yeah? yeah, I think that we should have that platform as well. I think. I don't know if I'm correct here. I mean, I don't want to mm. you know, say what well, I'm not 100% sure about, but I feel like there is that pressure to perform nowadays compared to before, you know, there's no social media before and no no internet. So yeah. the pressure now and the level of, you know, expectation on younger students, on everyone really, even corporate, in the corporate mm. life, mm. your 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 expectation to perform is so high. And also you can, I feel like you can never really switch off. So when you leave the office, you're not really leaving the office because you mm. have your laptop, your emails are on, mm. your, you have your, you know, everyone's always <laughs> never out of the Everyone way. has 24 seven access to you. Exactly. Direct access to you. Yeah. Which is why I feel mental health issues are also being, um, also on the rise, mm -hmm. you know, because of that. So I feel like, Schools should also encourage that switch off time when you go home. Don't give them an extra load of work. You know, I don't know. I feel like it's just too much because of that access. Sometimes mm. too much access, like to the internet, to you know your smartphones. I feel like there has there has to be a nine o'clock switch off time. You know, or even earlier, perhaps. Yeah, even earlier. <laughs> During COVID nineteen, I don't know whether I, I think in Malaysia it was the same. All my kids all had work to do at home. And I had work to do from home. My wife had work to do at home. So can you imagine the stress it was at home? Everybody's trying to go online and do something, a class or meeting or something. And, you know, the first few days we were okay. But after a month, it was getting to us, you know, in a negative way, um, bogging us down, making us feel very anxious, um, you know. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm all for what you, you were saying earlier about setting limits, setting boundaries, healthy boundaries between school, between work and your personal life. Yes, yes. Hmm. I feel like now, especially during COVID, and COVID, you have mental health issues that were on the rise anyway, but now it's COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's actually very, I'm not trying to put, you know, be sexist towards women or whatever, but I feel like we must prioritize women during this time, especially, you know, mothers, single mothers, because... It actually, in Malaysia, there was a recent study by UNICEF that said that female female-headed households are most disadvantaged by the pandemic mm. because they, you know, they have to experience a high burden of care, mm. unemployment. It's on the rise, so you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's it has a very big psychological impact on them. Then mm. your wife, especially, not that you don't take care of your kid, but you know, let's say it's just a she's a single mom. You know, mm. it's very hard to juggle that. You know, especially during COVID. So yeah, I just feel like exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, we need, some we need some that support group or something to support women. Yes, or, or, or you know even male household, all the households. But in Malaysia, this study by UNICEF said that. Yeah, I think there's there's this 
natural added expectation on women perhaps in households that even though they may have a full-time job they still have a they go home and they have another full-time job at home exactly right <laughs> switch yeah. off to work because you have your kids and you mm. have your you know i'm so blessed enough to have to be able to have help yes i'm so lucky but you know i always feel for those especially in this time it's not easy mm. having to work some are unemployed yeah so we must always i always re, um reiterate that we should always check on everyone you know especially in this sensitive time mm. you never right. know what one is going through Yeah. Thank you so much. Um okay everyone, uh, I am today with Tanku Putri Iman. We're talking about mental health and how we should not discriminate either the ones who are obviously already going through it or uh making assumptions on people who look okay but perhaps they're not. You know, the next question I'd like to ask you if you don't mind is have you had any personal stories that you like to share um with regards to your own struggles perhaps in mental health? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I why I'm advocating mental health awareness and especially in I would love to go into curriculums and education is because I did not I myself from a very young age have has have suffered from anxiety, but mm. actually it's something I didn't realize until much later on. Mm. And by much later I mean like in the last 2 years. Mm. You know, to be honest, I didn't even know what anxiety was i had never heard of the word um i didn't to be honest i didn't really believe in anxiety mm. i i just thought you know because everyone around me would say just suck it up be mm. be strong mm-hmm. you know uh there's no such thing as as you know anxiety i don't know but you know you just always believe okay there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. but we didn't i didn't choose to have this you mm. know some of you know i'm built differently everyone's built differently yeah so yeah i just when i was younger i would always i realized i always over always overthink overworry since before 10 years old you know i was just worrying constantly worrying about my parents mm. or you know how are my sisters you know just overworried you know if anyone gets in a car i would just panic If anyone took a flight I would panic mm. just easily panic and I didn't think much of it until later until it just got worse mm-hmm. this panicky situation and then I realized that I think the worst point I've ever been was actually ironically it was this year during covid mm-hmm. um I the lockdown completely took me by surprise and I remember it was March 18th where the government announced okay that's it Yeah. Stay home and and you know I'm very used to going out and maybe distracting myself. There's so many distractions out you know outside of home. Mm-hmm. And I would every day I would go I don't know do my nails, mm-hmm. grocery shop, but then there's a time where it just stopped. Yeah. I think that just threw my anxiety to another level. Mm-hmm. I was like just in a state of panic 24/7. I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. I was overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know and then you know I was you know those who suffer from anxiety know that sweaty feeling where you're just mm. sweaty or you're just panicky mm. your heart you have heart palpitations I had to I would think things that weren't even true you know mm. everything is just heightened mm. and yeah actually my anxiety was worse this year so I mean you you're talking about this overthinking uh problem that you have I think a lot of people go through it as well 
uh, and they don't know what it is actually. They they just can't stop thinking about certain things, and it's worse when the thinking is about something that you're really worried about, like you mentioned, worrying about loved ones, worrying about your safety, you know, and so on. And I always get asked the question though, like, starts, how do I stop overthinking?" To be honest, I don't really know an exact answer. <laughs> Because I, I I hear when whenever people who are overthink they tell me says I'm overthinking, and I ask them what are you worried about I'm worried about this but do you know that that's not going to happen the likelihood of that happening is very low slim they say yes I know but I just still cannot stop and then basically one of those yeah so that's yeah. why you know it doesn't really help much if you know somebody does give you certain tips I mean you can listen to it you can try but there's no guarantee that it will work yeah. um, so that that sometimes adds to the frustration and anxiety sometimes increases as a result yeah actually mine was very bad health anxiety you know Mm. just was going for blood tests and scans and you know just ridiculous i know i can look back now and and laugh at my own self but it was just ridiculous just the amount of logic that you don't have when you're anxious is crazy and Mm. then when you look back and you're better it's just you know it's something that you also and then you ask people to re- for reassurance, but they can't give you that. So I, I realized that it has to come from within. You have to really just take a step back, really practice that. Firstly, you know, I went for therapy. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've been going for therapy for years. So that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to be able to go for therapy. Not everyone can afford that or has access to therapy. But personally, it helped me um, because I do CBT exercises, cognitive mm-hmm behavioral therapy and I do EMDR with my therapist which I'm sorry I'm I'm not sure what that stands for but that helped Mm. of course I will have spurts of anxiety here and there actually before this year I did not I I did not take anxiety that seriously I did not take my anxiety that seriously so that's just me being honest I was always Mm. a big advocate of mental health Mm -hmm. but not for my for for just for general purposes not really for myself Mm. but this year I saw that okay, you do have terrible anxiety and this is why you're doing this. You have mm-hmm. to help people with this, you know, because there could be, you know, ones going through, people going through the same thing but have no help, no support, mm-hmm. juggling mm-hmm. five kids, mm-hmm. you know, and no job, you know. So I'm very fortunate enough to have all, all you know, all the help I need. Hi guys, buying a house is probably the biggest single purchase we'll all make at some point in our lives. And because of this, wouldn't you want to have somebody knowledgeable who actually cares about your future, who will help you make informed decisions based on your current circumstances and your future hopes and dreams. A home purchase is a long-term investment and for me, I'll only do it with my trusted agent, Shahir Majid. In a short span of time, he has been ranked close to the top 100 property agents from amongst 7,000 active ones in Singapore. And the only way he got there, serving many happy homeowners, is through honesty, integrity, and most importantly, because he cares. Contact him today at 811-44447. That's 811-44447. Shahir Majid, the agent who cares. Thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned you went for therapy. And yeah. actually, that's one of the things I want to ask you about. Um, yes, we are aware that maybe it's not as accessible as we would like it to be. It's not as affordable as we would like it to be yet. 
Yeah. I have faith though that it will be more accessible. I have faith that in the future, inshallah. I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying yes. to do it for everyone. Yes. Uh, more accessible, affordable system. Yes. Yeah. I hope all of us viewing and listening, uh, let's give uh, the Kuiman all the support we can we can yeah. give her, inshallah. But I want to ask you one thing. Let's say I know some people who can afford and they know where they can go to, but they resist or they refuse or they are scared. Mm. And part of the reason when I ask them, why don't you go? They said, because I'm scared what people might think of me later. I know. What do you have to say? Yeah, what do you have to say about that? Um, I I personally do know myself people who are who do um, think that way, who can't afford it, need it, but mm. refuse to go because they feel like going to therapy is a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a this is a form of stigma. They're stigmatizing it. You know, mm-hmm. the, having that having to go to therapy is is weakness. For me personally, I understand why they would think that because society has sort of made us think that way. Yes, I, I'm here to tell all your readers and your fans, and even those who follow me that please do not see therapy as a sign of weakness. Mm. I always see it as a sign of strength because you're able to face your problem, to address your problem, and you and it shows everyone that you want to do something about it. Mm. You know, even if you go in secret and try not to tell anyone, fine. But just know that you addressing your issues is a sign of strength. Mm. You refusing and in, being in denial is, for me, is more of a problem than mm. going to therapy, especially yes. for those who can afford it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had one one lady, uh, Sorry, young lady. Add that yeah. if we have a fever and we go to the doctor, mm-hmm. why can't we go to a therapist for our mental health? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why is it that we address our physical health so quickly like that? But why, if we have a mental health problem, won't mm. we go to a therapist? Sorry. Yeah, but to stretch your point on stigma, um, I had one lady came to me and she said, Sas, I wanted, I think I have anxiety and I and it's affecting my work. I want to see a doctor. But then when I told my mom about it, my mom said, don't go. If you go and your employer finds out, you lose your job. Mm-hmm. So I think this the stigma thing is real. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. you know, when I did this, I, I I posted on my story, I think a couple, three weeks ago, I said, what aspect of mental health would would everyone like me to go into for because I'm planning for 2021 mm. a lot for 2021 and a lot of the answers were parental stigma mm. and I feel like that's a massive issue mm. um, there's that there's this obvious divide and this generational gap mm. between the generation now and maybe our parents or our grandparents not everyone is like this and I'm not stereotyping anyone Mm -hmm. but i feel that there is this you know before when when our you know our parents were growing up there was no such thing as you know therapists or i don't know there was more a taboo Mm -hmm. so of course they have this tendency to say you know suck it up be strong there's no need to go to a therapist Mm -hmm. you know but they have to realize that they don't have we they we are in you know we're living a different life now where we're having more access to mm-hmm. social media. There's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's this pressure to always look good. There's this pressure mm-hmm. to always 
perform and mm. it's different from before. So you can't say the things you used to say, the things that would have worked for our parents or grandparents will not work for us now. There's that, you know, just to say, I just want to say to all parents out there, you know, just be supportive no matter what, you know, your, your child is going through. The life that they're living now in this modern day is not the same as before. Mm. You know, I hope to apply this to my own child. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But to be fair, after telling that story, I've also had parents who come to me and says, can you talk to our teenage child? So there are parents who are supportive and they come and they accompany their child. But then I request, is it okay if you sit out and I just talk to your son or talk to your daughter? And they respect that and they understand it. So there are some of them who are understanding this and appreciating this process a bit better. And we're just going to pray and hope for more. Inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. I... I'm not blaming the parents before to, that they have that mentality because they grew up in a certain They didn't know any better, right? They didn't so, know any better, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not saying parents are wrong and that is wrong, that the way they are. You know, of course, it is good to, to be strong and to, mm. but not everyone can be strong. Some mm. can, some can't. Of course, I do mm. not blame parents. It's not their fault because that's how they were raised. They were mm. raised in such a way. But it's just, I just want them, all parents, all grandparents, even all parents of you know in this day and age to just give listen to your child i think listening mm -hmm. is very important mm -hmm. something that we're very easy to, to just it's very easy for us to just dismiss everyone and to mm -hmm. but i think it's very important now to listen mm -hmm. you know have a moment with your child and i'm applying this to myself as well mm -hmm. you know, to my kid who's only one but you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, bearing in I, mind. I have I have very interesting conversations with my eldest. Uh, she's nine now, but but she's. She, I mean, I wrote in my latest book, "You Are Loved," that you know I shared a conversation that I had with her. She can actually express her emotions really, really well, even at that age, even at seven, eight, yeah. And it amazes me, and I think it's already time. It's never too soon to get started with your child. To help them express emotions, feelings, sadness. Um, I think we should stop telling our children to just be happy. Be quiet, be quiet, be happy and be quiet if they're unhappy. Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way. It's not like a switch. It's not a switch like a stop crying, press off button. I think we sit down and we listen and ask, okay, what's going on? What made you sad? Who made you feel that way? And they're gonna talk. Yeah. And yeah. So, I like to do that. I think it's so important to talk to your children, mm -hmm. especially at, at, at eight, nine, you know, this is, this is the time that I want to come into schools. If earlier, you know, I think six or seven is not. Not yet. Not yet. No, mm -hmm. I do. But eight or nine, maybe approaching 10, they're already, you know, more they, they start to be self-conscious. I think I, I, I only started being self-conscious when I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, yeah, but now kids, uh, they are more self-conscious. I think it's because of social media, partly, uh, internet and everything. Like you said earlier, like TikTok. Um, and so they're looking at people around them. They feel like if they're different, um, they may feel like they don't belong because they're not as wealthy as others. Or maybe they, their features, they don't look as good as others. Or maybe their friends always get number one in school and they're, they're always behind. Or it could be anything. And so these comparisons, you know, I, I have a program, I call it unhealthy comparisons, where I talk about this specifically and, and what we can do to try to overcome it because it's affecting even very young kids today. Yes, you know, especially social media. Why don't I look like her? Why can't I dance like her? Mm. 
Why am I not smart like her? Mm. You know, I think it's so good to be able to talk to your kids and tell them that, you know, it's okay to be sad. Please talk mm. to me. You know, and this comparison thing, please, I'm so glad that that you have this program. Mm. Please, mm. everyone who's listening, tune into that program. <laughs> I find comparisons like evil because no mm. one should ever compare themselves to anyone. Um, I think we're all born differently. We're all beautiful in our own way. Mm. You know, no one is prettier than anyone else. No one's uglier. And I, you know, I don't like, I don't like that there's comparison of like how we look, our skin tone. No, yeah. everyone is beautiful. Beauty is subjective. And, you yeah, know, beauty yeah. is so subjective. and the fact that we are, we were created unique, like you pointed out, makes each and every one of us special yeah. and beautiful in our own way. Yeah, there's no, you know, no one is more beautiful than the other for because of the color of their skin. For me, it's your. For me, if anything, it's your intention and your mm. your your kindness, Char- character, yeah. character. It's not about. It's more. I think it's more beauty. It's from within. Yeah, but I, but as we're talking about this, and as I'm hearing you say this, I could almost feel some of our listeners reacting to it, like maybe goosebumps, maybe because you know why? Because some of them, uh, Tunku Iman, they have never heard a single person. Tell them that they're beautiful. Um, I believe that everyone is in their own way so beautiful. Mm. No matter what color they are, some want to be whiter. You know, this is whitening stuff. No, I don't. Please just know that everyone is beautiful in their Love own. Love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. Mm. Everyone has something different to offer. So yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much. We've we've covered quite a bit, but I still have a few more questions. Are you okay? Go ahead. I. <laughs> Okay, as an advocate of mental health, what are your hopes maybe in the next five to 10 years? What do you hope to achieve um, you know, in the position that you're in? And even if, let's say, you don't continue, I mean, I don't know what your plans are, but even if you don't, I know that your heart is always going to be close to this topic. Oh, yeah. um, so what would be your hopes and dreams in the next five to 10 years? Um, I, for Malaysia, for Malaysia. Um, I think that before I always... I think the first thing to for men, do you mean my hopes and dreams for Malaysia as in mm-hmm. mental health wise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I want everyone to realize how important mental health is. I want the awareness to be, you know, just I want to normalize mental health in every conversation. I want people to say to to be able to talk about how they're feeling and mm-hmm. it be normal. I want them to be able to talk about to their parents about how they're feeling and it be normal. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think stigma is so important. We need to overcome the stigma of mm-hmm. And this taboo of uh, having a mental health disorder is a sign of weakness. Absolutely not true. Mm. It's not true. I think if you're using your mental health to avoid things and to not do work, whatever, yes, that's that's something not right. So that's why that we have, you know that's why we need to manage how we the na- the narrative of mental health, and we make, need to make sure that it's used in a correct context. Um, I think that we all need to be united on this road to recovery for mm-hmm. mental health and to break the stigma. That's number one. I, for the future, I want to go into children's mental health to look into, because when I did that question on um, what aspects of mental health, the one thing out of my thousands of responses was the most popular was mental health amongst the youth. Mm. There is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer that the mental health amongst the youth the, the the issues are soaring mm. and that is something I want to ad- address and, ta- and tackle. 
So I would like to go into curriculums, hopefully work with, you know, the education ministry, the health ministry, even the sports ministry to like, you know, make mental health a priority, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's through sports, ex- you know, 10 minutes of exercise to, to boost your, mm. you know, met, uh, to, because exercise helps with mental health. Yes, as well. it reduces anxiety. Exactly. And like it creates endorphins, you know, and to just, I don't know, have a mental health class Mm. an hour a week and to also I think, I think having all teachers to also be aware that's proper training for teachers as well yeah for teachers um the support system having more counselors in schools mm. having that support group um i think is very important so mm. whoever is looking to study psychology please do and you know go into psychiatry psychology we need more of those mm. i think there's like one for every thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, can I just look at my... Oh, go ahead. Here? Yeah, I think, okay, look, uh, according to journal articles from 2018 to 2020, the registered psychiatrist per 100,000 is only one. Wow. For every 100,000, there's only 100, one. 100,000. Yeah, and like oh. there are only 20 registered child psychiatrists, according to my notes. Sorry, I don't know mm. if I'm correct here. Mm. And, you know, 1% of the mental health budget goes to mental health. I hope to increase that. Okay. You know, I hope that we can have more support in mental health. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I want to go to youth. I think that we should also start young because for, for children to recognize that they have a disorder and for them to address it there and then, rather than carry it throughout their, you know, adolescence. Mm. So something sort of what I did, like, didn't realize and then the problem got worse and then mm. it's, it wasn't addressed. Mm. And then also just to, in, you know, increase mental health literacy amongst teachers mm. for teachers to detect red flags and signs very early so mm. that, you know, it doesn't prolong, you know. And yeah, I just want to see more investments made in the mental health of our children. And yeah, just to work on mental health resilience amongst children because for as long as social media exists, mm-hmm. there is going to be that issue, mm. whether we like it or not. I totally agree. Did, did you watch uh, this um, this movie on uh, Netflix called Social Dilemma? Did you watch yeah, it? But actually, um, one of our MPs, YB Nurul Iza, has actually said to me to watch it, and I have yet yeah. to watch it. You should watch um, it. It's yeah. it's actually frightening. No, which is something why I don't want to watch it because I know how frightening. Mm. social media is maybe you can just get someone to summarize it i'm actually not completely i've not watched till the end yet but it's you know watching half an hour of it is frightening enough Mm. i heard it it's like they have a control about it's it's all the algorithms that work um, to to support certain people and actually others become the scapegoats i mean (laughs) we're the products 100 social media is an issue I think we need to learn how when to fast from social media on occasions, right? To detox. I like that saying, when to fast from social media. I have some friends actually who who sometimes they take a week off, they take a month off. And, and you know, when they did it in the past, people looked at them weird, like, huh, why do you do that? But now I think it's going to be a norm. <laughs> no, I think I, I suffer from social media addiction myself. Mm. I really want to, and especially in COVID, because like, what There's else is there to do? do. You know, usually <laughs> on holiday, I would switch off my phone, go to the beach, you know, play with my kid, you mm. know, or like 
read read a book, but now I'm just like constantly mm. switched on. But I make it a point to switch off my phone at 9 p.m. Mm. every night. I switch off my phone. Um, so yeah, I think social media is one of the massive contributing factors to mm. why we have mental health issues um, today. All right. Um, Alhamdulillah. I would like to say, sorry to interrupt, yeah, sure. but I think it's so important to support organizations like MMHA, which is a Malaysian Mental Health Association, you know, support Befrienders, Miasa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they should, you know, get more attention and support yeah. everyone. I've worked with Miasa before. We did yes, events yeah. before as well in KL. Really wonderful people there. Great advocates. We should support organizations like that. Mm. Um, especially I, was about, I was about to ask you, is there any call to action you would like people to do? And I think you already started telling people. Sorry, yeah. I think it's, it's good. Support, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. For people support to, these organizations, right? Mm. Support these organizations. How can they support? How can they support? Um, I think, you know, firstly, I think our leaders should always, you know, help endorse organizations like this. Like, you know, um, I know one of our MPs, Hanayo, always posts about Befrienders, Miasa. She mm-hmm. was always very supportive of me um, doing this um, mental health stuff, you know. she So even from before, people like, um, yeah, the women especially, they're always very supportive of these. And I, I feel like we should follow in their footsteps, you know, help advocate mental mm-hmm. health. Mm. always actually don't be afraid everyone don't be afraid to talk about your mental health mm. support those who you feel are suffering um you know raise awareness yeah, yeah. i mean i think if, if the smallest thing you can do is just share a post about mental health that's good yeah. enough right yeah and i think that um also for for all your listeners my list my followers mm-hmm. you know who for everyone to really be mindful, more mindful and sensitive to others during this challenging time, mm-hmm. I think you mind. I think it's important to be kind and mindful mm-hmm. anyway. But especially now during COVID, um, also be mindful of the messages you receive. What we forward on WhatsApp, it's very mm-hmm. easy to forward a message, mm-hmm. but can we verify it first? There's oh, always, yes. you know, fake yeah. news. I think that's so important. Um, that even that even you know it. It is consistent with our Islamic values as well. We shouldn't share something we're not sure of. Yeah, we shouldn't, even if it's true, for, for whatever reason, let's say it's true, if it embarrasses someone, if it you know comes with the intention of bringing a person's reputation down, and you know, we should definitely rethink it a lot. Yeah. Unless it's like criminal, you know, that's yeah. always different. <laughs> I actually recently had um, and this is important to say because like in, on the topic of forwarding messages and and um, forwarding unverified news and just that forward, you know, it's so easy to just press forward, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's easier to take that step. But actually, you should look, everyone should look back, including myself, and just verify the information. Mm-hmm. And I think that while COVID is so unfortunate, while we're going through this pandemic, which is so terrible, mm-hmm. what COVID has helped us have has helped done is also to make mental health make people importance how make people realize how important mental health is yes you know it has created more awareness one of the reasons why is i realize this is because um those who who have had covid are stigmatized mm-hmm. you know um and i feel like if you know someone who has been through you know who has been positive 
please don't stigmatize them and and distance yourself from them from them it's not funny it's not fun to get covid it's not like mm. anyone wants to get covid i had my mm. own friends go through it yes and i had to yeah there was they you know there was news on them that went viral and i was very angry and upset that people were so quick to share information on them certain places revealed their names and their information and that's not funny that's not yeah. fun people yeah. that's that's a stigma in itself you know mm. it's something that the mental health community is very familiar with you know stigma um being not very nice about them just because they had you know yeah. positive but that's not something anyone wants to go through imagine the mental health effects the impacts of their of the having the virus on their family mm. on the community so we're so quick to judge others but mm. imagine what they're going through yeah you know I, i had a friend who was suffering through it because he went to i think uk and he came back and he caught it and you you know was two weeks of suffering in the hospital Yeah. It wasn't fun and and for people to do that is worse like it just makes everything worse. Oh, and just like mental health disorders this virus knows no boundaries. You can get it if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're healthy, if you're unhealthy. So just be mindful of that to others, you know. Mm. Be very mindful because I know people who have gone through it and are being ridiculed and rejected. I do I really do not like to see any of that. Mm. It is important for us as a community to support Be Everyone. kind. Be kind, people. Be mindful. Mm. It's so easy to just circulate messages and mm. be nasty. But, gosh, I was so upset when I when I saw that my friend. Of course, I'm not going to name names. You know mm. who were going through that. I just thought it was nasty that their mm. identities were revealed. Mm. No. Yeah. Be supportive. We need to be supportive of one another, especially in a time like this. Yes, exactly. And I think this message goes out to everyone as well. Um if you're in school, be kind to your friends. If you're at work, be kind to those who are going through a difficult time. I think kindness is lacking in this world right now. Uh because everybody can hide behind a social media account and just attack people. Yeah, the cyberbullying now. Cyberbullying is really bad and you can bring somebody down just like that. Um uh I think we need to bring back what our religion actually teaches us which is compassion kindness saying good yeah. things and if you you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if there's nothing good for you to say remain silent <laughs> and I, sometimes we just feel like we need to say something or else we feel left out or we need to say something or else we 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 look stupid or we look out of place or we don't have anything to chip in but actually sometimes that's actually the wiser thing to do to remain silent if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all mm. yeah, agreed And yeah, I mean what I would love for your followers, my followers to do is just to just check on each other, you know, if you know someone's going through something, reach out, you know. Uh that's that message goes such a long way and that um phone call, even though it seems like nothing, it will mean a lot to the person receiving that phone call, you know. I just want everyone to make sure that after covid this mental health conversation continues and that we normalize this conversation that we um i think that it would just help for everyone to just be kind you know i know that bullying is on the rise and i know that my my good friend tanku zatasha um mm-hmm. of slango she is she's very um active with this with bullying and anti-bullying campaigns I think it's called say no to bullying. I think that's very good. I would love to collaborate with her to work on a collaboration on mm. something, but um yeah, just 
to to help with you know help kids be kind to other kids you know i feel like bullying is on the rise as well like mm. so yeah i just want to advocate not just mental health but kindness can everyone just be kinder to each other yeah. you know we need a new kindness movement yes, yes. it's not just about mental health it's about being kind in general and that will help people's mental health i agree and yeah. you know on on your last point about just being there for someone it yeah. it, it can change everything yeah. it can make a huge difference because you think that you're like oh the fourth person the 10th person you may actually be the first person to actually check on them and genuinely mean it like when you ask how are you you actually mean it compared to like you know when you meet friends hey how are you it's like you don't really care about the answer <laughs> i remember that um my best friend now i mean my best friend who um she's called Ariane actually she was one of the first people from before actually Five years ago, she would always say, "How are you?" And I'm just like, "Why?" Because people don't do that often, right? Mm-hmm. She would say, "How are you?" every day, and I, I found that weird. Mm-hmm. Then, especially I, if you meet the person, or... like, no, don't worry, nothing's wrong with me. You don't yeah. have to ask. But actually, she was just like, "No, I'm just asking, how are you?" It's just a normal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But it became so alien, you know. I mean, like something like as simple as "How are you?" every day has become so weird. Mm-hmm. But actually, it shouldn't be weird, right? Yes. It should be normal. So mm. that she taught me a lesson in that. Like, it's not, I'm not, she said, I'm not being weird. I'm just asking you how you are. It's normal. Mm. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's become so foreign to ask how, how are you every day? Yeah. yeah? It, it, it would be weird for a lot of people because, hey, I meet you every day. Why do you need to ask the same yeah, question every day? Like, Can't you see I'm okay? Every day. Right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's, it's a good thing to ask. Indeed. Friends, how are you? Mm. How are you doing? You know? Yeah, we we could do this uh, campaign in schools. So the how yeah, are you? like a how are you campaign? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Okay, those are some ideas for you, inshallah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, thank you, Putri Man. Thank you so much for your time today. I truly appreciate it. I know this is the first time you're sharing a lot of the, these things, and I'm it's truly, truly honored. Yeah, it's my first one, but I'm very excited to to be doing this with you. I also have your book, which I really love. Oh, thank you so much. much. Um, uh, actually, I was given um, my cousin. I'm, I'm talking, you know, her um, Patrice Raya. Mm-hmm. Yes, sorry. Right. And then my aunt gave it to me again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought, oh gosh, many. Well, two of them gave it to you. Yeah, three. <laughs> people gave it to me. So I thought, okay, it's time. Mm-hmm. I have to really. It's a sign. It's a sign that you have to read it. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful book. Um, I think that how you express, express, you know, you express things. You put things out very easily, so it's very easy to understand. Just not just about religion, but about general kindness and just being good to people. Mm. And you know, you, you reiterate that with 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 verses from the Quran, which I feel is so beautiful. Mm. So yeah, thank you so thank much. You. For that. Thank you so much. So uh, once again, everyone, uh, I am truly happy and honored to have Tengku Putri Iman Afzan with me today. And I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode uh, on mental health. Let's not stop here, guys. Let's continue to talk about it as what she had hoped for. Let's continue to make the conversation normal uh, and so that you know more can be helped and more will be bold enough to reach out for help when they need it, inshallah. All right? Thank you, Putri Iman. And you I so hope much, you have man. an amazing day ahead. Thank Take you care. so much. Assalamualaikum.